What are the issues that we're hearing about here at the South Carolina Trucking Association's annual meeting? Let's go to the bench. Legal news and business interviews from Collins and Lacey, a leading South Carolina defense firm for construction, retail and hospitality, transportation, workers' compensation, and more. Views expressed by guests are their own. Now, recorded live at the 2021 South Carolina Trucking Association's Annual Conference, this is The Legal Bench. And welcome to The Legal Bench. I'm Michael Burney, Director of Business Development with Collins & Lacey Law Firm in Columbia, South Carolina. And we are recording live at the annual convention for the South Carolina Trucking Association. And with me is Collins & Lacey attorney Rob Peel. And Rob, you've got a special guest, the man who's in sort of the driver's seat here for hearing what his members, what is on their mind. Tell us who you you got today? I've got with me today, thank you Michael, Rick Todd. Rick Todd is the executive director of the South Carolina Trucking Association and we are here day two at the South Carolina Trucking Association meeting and what are your members, um, what, are the, what are the pressing issues from your members? It's uh, being part of the supply chain and the critical link in the supply chain, uh, these truck operators and manufacturers of trucks and the guys who sell products and services and technology to truckers, trailers, um, equipment. It's the supply chain. The whole world's supply chain is messed up and has been since, you know, COVID hit and shut everything down. And um, we've got fleets that can't find drivers, which is not a new problem. It's getting worse, um, and, and most will say it's never been this bad. And then you've got um, companies that need to get new trucks, replacing their older fleet, but they also need to expand their fleets, and they can't get those trucks delivered because of the supply chain, Ch- chip shortages, raw material shortages. So that's got them uh, frustrated because they've got such demand for freight services from their customers and the economy's just going crazy right now. Um, that that's probably their biggest concern. Um, you know, it's it's having technicians who can keep the equipment rolling. Um, you know, trucks sitting still, you're losing money. You're, you're you're giving up opportunities to earn, and you're actually losing money because you're having to pay for everything in the process. Um, you know, we haven't talked yet. We'll talk tomorrow about the deteriorating insurance market. Um, but that's in the back of, every, of everybody's mind, which is really um, due to the, the lawsuit system and the exposure they've got there. Um, you know, fuel is high, but most of them have fuel surcharge mechanisms that they can deploy to recover those costs. So that's not as big a concern as some people might think it would be. Um, and, you know, some really is more just people finding people. Um, we heard from Mary Thornley, who's president of Trident Technical College, uh, just a few minutes ago, and she's talking about the, the uh, just great plans they've got to convert their Berkeley uh, campus uh, into a new transportation distribution and logistics training hub. Uh, to produce drivers and technicians and logisticians. So um, they're excited about that. When is that building scheduled to be open? Well, she said uh, they are in 
various phases of completely rebuilding. She said, you can't put a lip, you can't just put lipstick on this facility. It's over 30 years old. And so they've got a, a 30 plus million dollar budget to refurbish and rebuild it and add to it. But um, she has right now, and so that'll be ongoing, but she's got right now, just this week, starting their first CDL training program with student drivers. And they're going to stagger it so that um, some are coming out um, from the classroom and then we'll go out doing their driving weeks and then phase in the next new round of, of trainees into the classroom. And so they'll have a, a, a rotating system so they can continually have graduates coming out. Um, they're going to do a 252-hour program, which far exceeds the normal state standards for drug training. So they want to produce a top top tier, you know, best in class type of uh, driver coming out of that program. And you mentioned earlier about the driver shortages and finding uh, quality drivers. What is the solution to that problem? Is that um, throwing money at it, or is it training people better, finding the right fit, and just kind of staying with it? What? It, how do you think we could rectify that situation? Well, she said, and I hadn't quite heard it put this way, but from her perspective as the CEO of a technical college, community college, that creating, propping up, and running a CDL training program is very expensive if you can think about it because you have to have tra- tractors, trailers, simulators, and people, and then you have to have paved spaces and places where you can do the uh, the road uh parts and then you know this stuff's expensive so um that hurdle is is being helped by state appropriations and private sector contributions um she challenges us a little bit to help her with that and then um it goes back to the age-old problem and that is convincing people to want to enter the transportation industry specifically driving trucks um and so we've uh, been part of a public-private partnership to where uh, we got the legislature to fund the operation and then the private sector built the, uh, the tractor and the trailer, fill that mobile unit trailer with simulators and virtual reality stations um, which represent the skilled trades that we need so bad, whether it's truck driving, diesel techs, Carpenters, plumbers, HVAC technicians, um, you have it. And that unit will go out around the state, and it will actually get in front of high school students. And so we want to encourage young people and show them that if they stay in high school and they stay off drugs, graduate, then they can get a quick job or get a certificate. Mary, even with uh, Trident Tech, mentioned that this is free tuition. So the, ob- the obstacles that you typically have of someone being able to afford to go to tech school even or to get a certificate, the state legislature has provided through grants and appropriations free tuition assistance. That's how much they have recognized that we are slowing the velocity of the entire economy, the supply chain, without having enough truck drivers and technicians and other workers. Um, so, so, you know, th- that's, that's the best you can do. And I think by doing that, you're encouraging p- 
parents to recognize that they don't necessarily have to send or push those kids, their, their children, to go to a four-year school uh, to get a really expensive degree where they can do it this way instead and go to work pretty quickly and make really a whole lot more money right out of the gate with great earning potential uh, within a couple of years. Is, is the issue now with truck drivers in South Carolina, is it because uh, they're 50, 60 years old, hitting retirement age, and I think what you just told us is the legislator, people who are involved in trucking, have recognized that more attention needs to be filtered down to the young person in order to get them into trucking. Is that right? Yes. They, um, you know, the legislatures, they hear from their constituents and they hear from the business community. We need workers. You know, their job is to make the best use of taxpayer dollars um, and, and get, produce a return on that. So they know they're going to have to fund the education system. And so they have pressure on them as elected officials from their constituencies to make sure that the government's working for them. And so part of that is to make sure the education system is producing people coming out of that education system which are capable of getting either higher education or being able to go to work um, and, and have a work ethic about it. And the private sector has a role in promoting, you know, their own occupations and professions and uh, with this Be Pro Be Proud campaign, you know, we're using state dollars to operate it, private sector to support it and go out and, and try to produce a better and a bigger bang for the state's buck in terms of education and, and workforce readiness. And, and another problem I think you were going to mention, and we can talk about that, is you, know, you have to find a way to get these people employed so they can get the experience so that then, like in, in our context, a trucking company can hire them to drive that truck, but they got to have it insured. So how do you get the experience? If you can't get hired, how do you get hired if you don't have the experience? So that's a, something we're working on, too. We can talk about that. That's an interesting conundrum because, obviously, your insurability as an owner-operator, that's probably your biggest expense. And, and how do you, you – you, you mentioned you get to go to school for free, but if you're initially starting out and you don't have that capital, how do you necessarily purchase insurance? That's probably their, their biggest expenditure, I would guess. Yeah, for a, an owner-operator uh, who wants to be an independent contractor, if that's the way they want to start, yeah. Um, and if you are a person who has a CDL and you want to go to work as an employee driver, um, that fleet still expects you to have some level of experience before they just turn you loose in that truck. And their insurance carrier is going to um, look at that list of drivers those employees and they're going to say they've these guys are not qualified either because they don't have experience or their record's not good enough and you either got to up train them or let them go so we're trying to figure out a way to get folks um, into jobs at the entry level um, and and that may be getting them employed by the public sector driving local working for a city fleet or a county fleet or a state fleet. Uh, we're even talking to the, uh, with the Ports Authority and try to, to create an apprentice program where they can go to work 
hauling containers in uh, on port property um, to rail terminals to what will be the internet, um, intermodal container transfer facility, the dual access rail facility on the Hugh Leatherman terminal, um, and maybe inter-terminal. Um, and that would be the proving ground. And then within a couple of years, hopefully they would then leave that program and go to work for the private sector. So it would allow the state, in this instance, uh, through the Ports Authority, you know, maybe to hire these people, get them, get them some experience solve their rapid rail and their drayage capacity problem um, while providing some training experience for guys to graduate, let's say, to the private sector. Couldn't you also maybe have them apprentice, maybe do an apprenticeship or something um, with a driver um, for, a, for an extended period of time, 30, 60, 90 days, and they could maybe learn that way as well if the company has the patients to do it, I guess. Well, right? yeah, you know, you've got to, then you've got to pay two people and then you have to be able to ensure that extra person in that cab, which has kind of always been a problem for us. I mean, you just, it's hard to apprentice a truck driver when you've got that extra liability by having somebody in the cab too. But companies are getting more creative and insurers are working with their fleets to, to give them some, some, some ways that they can tackle this problem. It's, it's in the insurance companies or carriers' best interest to increase that driver pool too, because that's more premium income, more, you know, more more of, a, of an insured fleet out there. Absolutely. Well, Rick, uh, thanks for being with us today, and um, we appreciate your hard work, and thanks for letting Collins and Lacey be a part of it. Well, we just appreciate the support we've gotten from you guys. I've uh, enjoyed talking to you in, in a couple of these podcasts, and um, we're uh, appreciate the partnership. Absolutely. And for the latest legal news of interest to South Carolina businesses, join us right here for the next episode of The Legal Bench. You've been listening to The Legal Bench from the South Carolina defense firm Collins & Lacey. Learn more at collinsandlacey.com.